Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. Don't forget, you can also watch us. We are on computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. But you're going to have to head to Cleveland to hear what's coming to town to the Grammy Museum of Mississippi. We've got the Women in the Round, the original for a big night event. Joining us to tell us a little bit more is Miss Trisha Walker, one of our favorite people here on Good Things. Hey, Trisha. Hey, Rebecca. How's it going? It's going good. You know, I hadn't seen you since last year, so we need to. Uh, <laughs> we definitely need to change that. How are things going in your neck of the woods, as they would say? They are going great. It's getting a little warm here in the Delta, but, you know, considering that cold winter we had, I'm not complaining at all. No, I'll have to admit, the little bit warmer temperatures, I'm like, okay, I can stand this for a little while, which makes it for great weather for getting out for events, particularly those that we can enjoy with friends, which is exactly what you guys have coming up with another uh, Women in the Round. So back up, give us the backstory. This has become an annual event there at the Grammy Museum in Cleveland. Um, what inspired it? Well, you know, this uh, Women in the Round group, we are uh, a foursome of female songwriters that all used to live, well, they still live in Nashville. Of course, I'm in the Delta now. But for years, we we would play what they call In the Round at the Bluebird Cafe, which is sitting in a circle and playing original songs. And we did our first show together in 1988, and um, we have continued to do it. And when I moved back to Mississippi, you know, I was trying to help the area up here kind of understand what a songwriter show was. So I invited the gals down to do some benefits for us when I was over at the Delta Music Institute. And in the last two or three years, we've done them as a benefit, a fundraiser for Grammy Museum Mississippi. So, you know, these are three of the best. You know, you've got Pam Tillis, who is a star in her own right. You've got three-time Grammy winner Ashley Cleveland, who's kind of our rock and roller. And then finally, for the first time, we've been trying for years to get her down here, and the schedule finally worked out. We've got Nashville Songwriter Hall of Fame member Beth Nielsen Chapman is coming down. So it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be so much fun. And it's different than a normal concert. There is singing, there is music, but from what I gather from you, Tricia, is there's also conversation and there's fellowship and there's a little bit more of an organic flow to it. So how does how does the whole event sort of uh, go down? Well, and like you said, it's it's much more of an intimate performance. It's Think of it like four of us sitting in your living room 
just playing songs and talking and laughing a whole lot. You know, the chemistry between the four of us is, I don't think I've ever seen it replicated with another songwriter group. So it's very intimate, you know, and, and we're in the Grammy Museum Sanders Soundstage, which is about a 150-seat theater. Very intimate, and, you know, we'll all tell stories about our songs and why we wrote this song and who's recorded this song. But it really is something special when you get to hear the songwriters perform their own material. I don't think it ever gets any better than that. And also, I guess they would have the most uh, connection to the inspiration of the song, right? It's different when you hear an artist who sung something written by somebody else. They have to connect to some form of emotion with it. But to hear like hear Dolly Parton talk about some of the songs she's written that other artists have made famous or, you know, some of the other sort of things, it gives new perspective to the songs we've heard play on the radio. Well, a lot of the songs played that night for Women in the Round are things we would be familiar with hearing also on the radio? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, of course, Pam Tillis was a uh, an award-winning vocalist and artist in her own right. So, you know, her songs like Maybe It Was Memphis or Put Yourself in My Place or Cleopatra, Queen of Denial, which is always one of my favorite ones. And then Beth, uh, first time or down here, you know, Beth, her biggest hit probably that the your listeners would know that she wrote This Kiss for Faith Hill. And a huge hit. And then she's had songs recorded by Willie Nelson. You know, Elton John sang one of her songs. Um, yes, So, yes, they'll hear songs that they're familiar with, for sure. Well, then it's neat to hear, again, the backstories from what inspired it and then them setting it free for another artist to sort of take and, and put their spin on it and then to hopefully take it to, to great heights, which any songwriter would love. You know, you think about the business of songwriting being, you would think it'd be very competitive or dog-eat-dog. You wouldn't want to share, you know, what you're thinking about. But the more I talk to musicians and artists in our uh, state, you guys are like a small family and you're really rooting for each other and you don't look at it. It, you know, like that way at all. Y'all really lean in on each other for help and inspiration. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. You know, my, my time in Nashville, you know, being part of the songwriter community there, which I think, you know, I think the greatest songwriters in the world live in Nashville, Tennessee. And and you're right there, even though we'd all love to have that number one hit, uh, it's very much a, a close-knit community where if somebody else gets a song recorded, by a, a popular artist. We're all really excited about that. It, it, it is, it's a very supportive community. I don't, I never did feel it being cutthroat. Very, very supportive. You know, we all just want to hear great songs and really, really great songs, which are hard to come by. And again, which is another reason why I enjoy so much hearing the songwriters sit just for the guitar or piano. No production, you know, no trappings, nothing fancy, but just words and music that are put together by that songwriter, you know, sitting four feet in front of you. It's just a special experience. And you're going to get a chance to hear four of you coming up this May. When's the date, Tricia? It's Tuesday, May the 16th. I think that will be a week from today, wouldn't it? May 16th. Uh, there'll be a reception at 6 o'clock with a little food and beverage, and the show starts at 6.45. That's going to be at Grammy Museum, Mississippi, and I believe there are a few tickets left. I last I checked, they were they were getting uh, few and far between, but people can check online at grammymuseumms.org for tickets. And, and um, I really encourage people, if you're from out of town, come on up. I don't know how many more times you know, this foursome is going to be able to get together and do it, but we're going to have fun. 
on May 16th. And it goes to benefit the Grammy Museum Mississippi. I saw particularly their education initiatives. How important is it that we still support those initiatives, not only going on at the Grammy Museum, but then also the work at Delta State with DMI? It feels like Cleveland's really, you know, set itself apart on making music education uh, or also just music being um, uh, accessible to whoever wants it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I went to a a small piano recital the other day and was reminded, even in my small hometown growing up, which only had 1,600 people in it, you know, the biggest influence on me, other than my mom and dad, was my piano teacher. So I think it's so important to, to offer kids the opportunity to learn music, learn to play an instrument. You just had a young man on last week that's coming up this Friday who, who is the embodiment of that is young Thomas Sanders, great piano player, uh, to, you know, continue an education at Delta State and continue to learn about not only music, but the music business. I was supposed to say you drop in piano words. I'm going to have to drop Thomas Sanders name, which I connected back uh, to you introducing me to his name and to to get him on good things. Thank you for that. But can you imagine the impromptu um, concerts that downtown Cleveland's going to get once Mr. Sanders is a fighting okra and walking on your downtown and main street and then just, you know, taking taking a seat and playing a little gig there on all of the pianos that are available? Oh, absolutely. It's He's going to bring a fun dimension to the town. And uh, But again, like you say, a young person with talent, finding a way to nurture that talent, give them the opportunity for education, which is one of the things Grammy Museum does, as well as Delta State. Which he reminded me, or I reminded myself talking to Thomas, Tricia, well, I still owe you a chopsticks. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Anytime you're ready. Come on up. I'm going to have to brush brush up on it, but I will hold true to it eventually. And hopefully we'll make our way to Cleveland sooner rather than later. And you still got a week to sort, not a week to plan. You got a week to, to uh, go to the women in the round. But you need to go now to get your tickets to see if there's any left or see what other events are happening at the Grammy Museum. So where do we do that, Tricia? Uh, go to their website at grammymuseumms.org. All righty. Well, I always appreciate your time, and I hope you the best for this event. Well, thank you. You'll have to make it up to the next one. I look forward to seeing you soon, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on. What a cool event. Oh, man, that would be something awesome to go and sort of sit. Pam Tillis, you've got that. Ashley Cleveland, as she had mentioned, your Trisha Walker that's right here in Mississippi. And those ladies just sitting there and hanging out and talking about their stories. That's like hearing an author talk about what moved them to write a piece that you so enjoyed. And when you think about songs being so much shorter than, say, novels, usually artists get the opportunity to write a lot, but only a few make it into the airwaves and that you hear. And so I think it's cool to be able to hear the stories behind that as well as just some really good music. And so if you can, get out, get your tickets, go support it. But stick with us. we got some more good things for you coming up next. On a field of dreams A giant of a man From modest means From wind up to delivery He sure did have the stuff Was a diamond in the rough. He was a diamond in the rough.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm a scat man. Every time you play that to welcome in good things, A, I want to give it a try. B, I can't believe someone gets paid to do that. And then C, I bet it's really harder than than it probably than it probably looks. Don't forget you can watch good things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can also find us on YouTube. You can also watch good things live on Seaspire TV. If you got that, we are on channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And two, you can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. But you can catch Gerard with Middays on Thursday. He's going to be broadcasting live from Carter's Jewelers on High Street in Jackson. They'll be having their Mother's Day annual balloon pop sale and a ton of great deals. You can come out there from 10 to 1, get your mom or your wife something uh, special to do, or you can find Gerard. He'll be on the move uh, for Friday as well. In the Delta at Etiwamba Community College in Fulton for the 2023 spring graduation. That's not the Delta. That's not the Delta? Fulton. No. Where is it? Fulton's right to the east of Tupelo. Oh, okay. Well, it's up that way to just central people. That's going north. <laughs> you're headed that way. Itawama Community College, though, in Fulton for 2023 spring graduation. You're here all about the great things going on at ICC. That's middays live at Itawama Community College this uh, this coming Friday. Grad- graduates like bling, too. So think about that uh, in that way. And some congratulations. We had a great conversation yesterday, so I didn't get the chance to talk about the fact that our Mississippi folks are going up, up, and away on their shows. I mean, gosh, we talked to Chef uh, Chef Austin Summerall, who won Sunday night. So he's he's done until Chop comes out. So he won on a national platform. And then you had also, what, Sunday night or Monday night, you had Colin and Zechariah. They made it into the top five for American Idol. So they're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I don't know what goes next, if it goes to top three or top two, or if that's it. If that I don't know if that's is at the end um, in that way. And then you've got uh, former Miss Mississippi Holly Brand. She made it now to officially to the live performances. So, which is crazy if you've been following her story on The Voice, which we got to talk to her at the very beginning of it. Um, we need to check back in with her. I know the voting starts, and she's going to need you to show up for her. But all of that has been pre-done. I mean, I guess maybe. Less time in between each, probably, but she's finally going to get her chance at singing live on national television. And so that will be coming up uh, the next go round of voice. So I'm assuming that's coming up this weekend. No, next Monday. I can't see. I need a, I've said this so many times. I need a flow chart. I need things to remind me when things are coming on because we have so many Mississippians uh, doing really cool things. How neat would it be, though? If we had a Mississippian who won um, Alex versus America, and then you're going to have him win Chop too. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. And uh, Chef, Al- I mean Chef Alston's probably like, "Don't jinx it, Rebecca." Um, so he just won though. And then what if Holly wins the Voice, and then we'll take either Zachariah or Colin as first and runner-up for um, for American Idol? I think that would be really neat for Mississippi to sort of sweep all of the national contests that they're 
in right now. Um, who said it could be done? Why? Why can't it be done? Unless they start talking to each other like, this isn't fair. No. I just had a flashback to Angels in the Outfield. It could happen. It could happen. I don't see why it couldn't happen. You never I you haven't never thought about know. that movie in forever. You never know. And it could happen, too. You may actually find the sock that's missing that to that one pair that keeps or ten pair that keeps showing up. Of all the national days, I appreciate the person who thought, you know what? We need a lost sock Memorial Day because no matter what your life circumstances are, whether you're married or single, you have kids, you don't, you're retired, it doesn't matter. We all have lost socks, some big, some small, some holy, some, you know, cruise socks, some no-show socks, everything in between. I don't care who you are. If you wear clothes and you do laundry, you have lost a sock. And it's a mystery that has not yet been fully understood on where well, they Well, sometimes go. It's, it's not that big of a mystery. It's just an oversight. Explain. Well, I have communal laundry at the apartment complex, and it's it's not unheard of for me to get back to the apartment and be dividing up shirts, shorts, pants, underwear, socks. Wait a second. That's not my sock. So then I march back over to the communal laundry and leave it sitting there on the counter just in case somebody realizes I'm short one and goes back to look. Do you have favorite socks? Uh, not really. Do you, okay, then are all your socks the same? For the most part. I mean, I have long socks and short socks. All of my short socks now are the the black no-show short socks. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of my long socks are that thin dress sock kind of material, and they're all brightly colored. Do you get new socks, like on an annual basis? I used to. That was... Uh, that was mom's Christmas Absolutely. present. She yeah. would give me socks and underwear every Christmas. Then I'd get other stuff, but it's always going to be socks and underwear. Yes. Well, I have friends who, trust me, my kids are horrible at a lot of things, but for whatever reason, I mean, they don't keep up with every sock they've ever been given, but my mom also still does that with them, and every now and then she buys them new socks, new underwear, whatever it may be, and because she has an affection for, I guess, buying new underwear. I don't know, but but I appreciate it. But if you have kids who are who lose socks, I have a friend who's got um, a daughter who's a chronic sock loser. I mean, she'll get one or maybe she loses both. She just takes them off to play in the yard. I mean, you know, there's there's various reasons. So she has started. I'm buying you one pack of socks at Christmas or wherever, like a big pack. You use these down. You have to buy your next pack of socks. And so far, it's amazing how much better her kids will keep up with with their socks because they do seem to just grow feet for lack of better whatever and just walk away and you know it it really is it's hard to throw away a mismatch or not a mismatched sock but like a loss like a the lonely one because there is this part of you that feels like it's going to turn up like it's gonna happen you're gonna find it under the car or like under the seat in the car you're gonna find it in a random book bag swim bag whatever it may be like it's coming back to you and then it never does and we have a a laundry basket dedicated to lost socks because my also mine's going through and i don't know about your 
like tweens, they wear mixed match, mixed match socks on purpose. So like if you buy a pack, as long as they're the same sock, they don't want them matching. They, they're all different, which I mean, whatever. So they all just get it. They all, they all go into the basket and we're all spending our time trying to find our socks. It's become quite the dilemma in our in our household of, of frustration. And, and and my from my point of view, if you want them folded, I wash them, I dry them. You can match your socks and, and do it together. But, yeah. Yeah, I never got into folding socks, especially considering the vast majority of my socks are the little no shows like when i when i put the socks in the drawer it's literally just a pile of socks i grab the pile and put the pile in the right side of the drawer so but then okay so you never fold your socks no see i don't either and so i don't know why i'm getting blamed at home about being a poor domestic diva like i won't take care of my my family because i won't pair and match their socks i just loathe it i will wash and dry them for you but the idea of sitting there and trying to match them all just creates a large level of anxiety in me and unhappiness that I just choose not to do. And so, yes, if you're, if, if, you know, if I don't only have like a few pairs of socks, I did go through a phase younger. Did you ever have like the funky socks like that had, you know, the weird cats or had your, you know, whatever. That's what I was like, talking about with my dress socks. Pretty socks. much all of my dress socks are what I guess you would call funky socks. But but socks can be for a guy an extension of your wardrobe way different than girls. Like we don't. Some of you match ties to socks. You like them Never gone washed. That far. Wash certain things. You have favorite pairs of socks. In fairness, if you have to dress decent every day, like suit tie or or just you know business casual, when you sit down, cross your legs, it becomes a opportunity. It's like it's like jewelry. For for you, but it's not because you would find that odd for me to say that. But the you only, look at it. Like the cats. only real thought I've put into ever buying my brightly colored dress socks is that they have to have multicolors because I'm a little lazy when it comes to picking mm-hmm. out socks. And I'm not really going to do a, a, a bang-up job of matching my socks to what I'm wearing. So if, if I've got five different colors on the sock, I've got a better chance of it matching what I'm wearing. That's fair. That's fair. But some dudes take their socks seriously. And I'm here for it. I appreciate it. Let's just make sure they stay together. But if you have a memorial for lost socks, today's the day to sort of acknowledge it and have that conversation in your family. Do we let them go? Do we keep them? What are we going to do with them? I don't know. It's up to you. All right. Stick with us. We've got a good story for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
lots of good things. Don't forget, you can find us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Today, we get to talk to Marquitris. She inherited her family's 150-acre farm in her hometown of Webb, Mississippi, and she is up to some pretty good things with it. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you so much. How you doing? I am excited to have you here. I know you even drove a little out of town so you could get some good service to talk uh, to us, which means that <laughs> you and your community are in the country. So how do you describe Webb, Mississippi, if we were looking at a map? Where are you located? Okay, so we're about, we're off Highway 49 um, between Clarksdale and Greenwood. We're about 25 minutes uh, south of Clarksdale. And um, it's really small, so you would you would you would probably miss us. Well, that, but we're here. You're here, absolutely, and you're up, and you're doing some really cool things. So when you bought, or not bought, you inherited your family's 150 acre farm. What did you set out to do with that land, and what impact did you want to make on your community? Well, the biggest thing is I wanted to I wanted to farm my own land. I mean, me being a woman, and you don't see many of us out. Um, farming 150 acres, driving the heavy equipment. You know, I, I really just wanted to, to do it and show others, you know, that, that it can be done. But more importantly, I wanted to preserve uh, my family's legacy and, and culture. And um, and that's what and that's what I've been able to do thus far. What do y'all so farm or what had you farmed? Well, so I'm I'm really but we we back in the day, uh, 30, 40 years ago, we farmed everything. I mean, we had row crops like cotton, soybean, corn. And we also fed the fed our families and communities. We had ruminant animals. We had vegetable gardens. So we had basically a little bit of everything. And, um, of course, over time, I've, I've had to pull back because I, I, I just so everybody's gone away, and it's just me. So I can't, can't do all that by myself. But I am growing um, row crops now. I grow soybeans and corn. So I am continuing that portion. Oh, and wheat. I'm continuing that portion of the of the farming operations. And actually, I'm out today trying to get some soybeans in the ground. <laughs> well, it's because partly, too, you're a busy lady. You started the pharmacy marketplace there in Tallahatchie for residents um, as a grocery store and a place to get fresh foods and, and fruits and vegetables as well as other market uh, items. What was life like in Tallahatchie prior to you starting the pharmacy marketplace? Oh, yeah. So it was, of course, we would have to... Um, get out of town if we wanted groceries. Um, the pharmacy marketplace is in Webb. It's um, only one grocery store, of course, in whole Tallahatchie. So we would have to drive, you know, 30 minutes or more, um, depending on what part of the county you're in, to get to fresh food. Um, and me, yeah, I'm in the field and I want to go grab something to eat. I, I, again, I'd have to drive pretty far or sometimes outside of the county. And, and, and that just didn't seem, you know, it's, it's, it just didn't seem right. So um, a lot of people felt the same way, we need, telling me, we need to do better. We need a grocery store. So um, that's sort of how, how it all got started, how Pharmacy Marketplace uh, came to birth is, you know, the need and the desire to have a grocery store in our community. And this isn't like a farm stand, which there's nothing wrong with farmer's markets or farm stands. Those are wonderful and can fill the gap for a lot of communities. But I'm looking at your picture at supertalktv.com, and uh, Marquitris, you are in a grocery store. Like, it looks like yes. you've got, like, you know, cold things, uh, meats, mm-hmm. things. So it's like a like a small grocery. Right. It is a, a smaller neighborhood grocery store. It's about... 
uh, five or 6,000 square feet. But, yes, we have everything that a larger grocery store would have. Um, we have a, a great deli section. We get praises for our uh, variety and quality of our deli meats. We have fresh fruits and vegetables. We have uh, fresh meat uh, meat department, as well as your everyday um, everyday candies and groceries. Um, and we do have people come in two or three times a day to get whatever they're cooking for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. So, yeah, it's, it's the grocery store um, indeed. And it's definitely made a great impact there in your community. We mentioned when we started Good Things, uh, you had to drive out for the Internet service. So I know technology has been a big piece uh, to making your um, grocery store and your farm business thrive. Tell us how you've sort of partnered or found ways to to make to sort of bridge that gap or to make that accessible for you there in Tallahatchie. Yeah, it's been it's been really uh, it was really a challenge because I never I've never really worked in retail and I've never owned or operated a grocery store. So having good support, good vendors um, that could sort of have patience with me and walk me through and provide me with what I needed was was really really important to, to the to pharmacy marketplace success. And I was able to do that. We have a great supplier. We have, of course, being in rural Mississippi and not having broadband, uh, it was important that we have a good POS or point-of-sale system um, that could uh, help track our sales and, and yet be user-friendly to, to, to our um, to our uh, employee base. And, and uh, IT Retail, who is our point-of-sales provider, uh, have been really um, at our side training us and, and helping to meet our needs, like, which, again, was very important for someone who was just green to, to, re- to, to, to retail um, operating. Well, and I think that's important, too, for folks in smaller communities that may also still be, you know, iffy about whether their Internet connection is going to work or not and whether they want to start that business because you have to have a point of sale. You have to be able to, you know, um, be able to pay your things online and do all that. So it's mm-hmm. good to know those resources that are that are out there. But what does it mean to the community? What have you heard from your neighbors, your um, extended community there oh, wow. that what, yeah. <laughs> to have to have this open? Oh, the community is so, so grateful. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been just a joy to hear every day, every day. I have, we're, we're so grateful you're here. I'm sure glad you're here. And it's not just the people in, in Webb or in our smaller surrounding communities. It's people that have driven hours because they don't have grocery stores in their small rural towns. So it's been an inspiration to other areas. I've had other chambers of commerce and mayors and, and people to come to pharmacy and see that you know, if, if this one person can do this, we can bring uh, a grocery store to our community. And, and that's been a really big, not just the praises and the accolades from the community, which we get, I get nonstop, but being an inspiration to those outside of the community to see, see that it can be done and, and inspire them to do the same thing and, and asking me, hey, how did you do this? Um, would you be willing to help us? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. So. Um, that's been the biggest, uh, the biggest, uh, I guess, what I'm most grateful for is being able to not just help my community, but inspire others to, just, to bring this something like this to their community. You're also helping small farmers or small scale farmers, and you partner with a lot of those. How is that helping to provide them a place where they can sell their produce or they can know they can, you know, have have a buyer at the end of harvest? Yeah, and that was one of the, I mean, again, Pharmacy Marketplace just solved so many 
issues, and that was one of the one another issue that it addressed. I do work with. Uh, I have a farmer training program, and I work with uh, small veg, uh, vegetable and ruminant animal growers in the Delta, and um, they, of course, everyone's looking to you know increase their increase their income and be able to reduce food waste and have a market to sell as much as they can they can produce. And pharmacy marketplace hopes to we, we do work with farmers to put some of their um, their vegetables in our store, but we're looking to, to to help increase that and be able to not just put some of their things in our store, but have a large percentage of our produce provided by local growers, and not just in our store, but in other local stores, as well, uh, smaller uh, stores as well. So, being able to have a retail outlet in the community, as well as um, for, for those farmers, as well as helping them to make those necessary changes to get in other retail markets, is is what um, our organization in Pharmacy Marketplace is is, is all about. So, Mark Eatress, where can we go for more information? Where can we learn more about Pharmacy Marketplace? Where can we learn more about the programs you just mentioned? Or if we've got questions for how would you do this in rural Mississippi, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, you can always call me or you can go to our Facebook page at Pharmacy Marketplace or um, um, our um, nonprofit Facebook page is In Her Shoes, Inc., which is um, pharmacy marketplaces, parent company, or parent nonprofit, uh, and or you can send me an email at um, in her shoes inc, all one word at outlook dot com, or you can always Google me. My name Mark Creatures Mangum, and I'll pop up. So, and how does it feel driving the big green tractor? I don't know if it's green, but uh, it is green and it is hot. But <laughs> yes, it's great. This is the best time of the this well, the second best time. The planting season is my favorite time. Harvest season, of course, is my most favorite time. So, yeah, it's it's pretty great. I'm I'm excited. Well, congratulations for you for continuing your family family's legacy there with your 150 acre farm. I think that's really cool and giving back to your community of Webb, Mississippi. Um, I think what you're doing is great. Foods needed, fresh food sources are the best, and especially when they're locally owned and operated. So, kudos to you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Rebecca. And have a great one. Have- All righty, you guys stick with this. We got more for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome 
bunch of good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And of course, you can always find us, too, at supertalktv.com and on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. Over on the C Spire text line, when we were talking about socks, in case you missed it, it is National Lost Sock Memorial Day, which I think is just a lot of fun because it's something we all deal with and sort of understand. But in the Army, he said, we would roll our socks, not as a pair, but individually. And so I would speak to, well, then you probably had like all the same socks. Like I'm sure in the Army you had a standard issue sock, and that is what you wore. And so it didn't matter if they were paired together. They were all together. You just needed two, right? And I guess you'd actually need multiple if, if one gets you know, wet or whatever it may be. Well, it's my understanding in the Army, you are given a standard issue, whatever it is, whether it be sock or uniform or firearm or whatever. But then you are welcome to add to that as long as it's within reason and the guidelines. So you might have your own socks if you can get your hands on them. You know, Forrest Gump teaches you a lot of things. <laughs> that he does. And one of the things I remember from that movie, it's just one of the most random things, is Lieutenant Dan or one of his people telling him how important it was to take that care was of Lieutenant his, Dan. Was it Lieutenant Dan? To take care of his socks. Whenever we stop. Whenever you take care of your And when you think about it, I mean, that's very important advice. I mean, wet socks are the devil. I truly believe that if you've ever gotten stuck with having to have on wet shoes or socks. I mean... It's even worse if you're in their situation and temperatures yeah, are changing for an extended period, period of time, time. It can be uh, deadly. Yes, correct. But it's just funny that Forrest Gump is what comes to mind when I think about, and it influenced. Like I remember that. You know, you take like you shouldn't be left in in moisture sort of or wet socks. He said all green wool socks. You got seven pair, and then probably Uncle Sam's not going to give you any back socks are one of those things um the husband has to wear still toe and for work and so those shoes are rough on socks so it's one of those things where quality matters if you have to be on your feet or wear certain things all the time even if you're like a runner and athletics like you and the difference in now you can get crazy with quality dress socks some of you should be ashamed of what you spend on a pair of dress of, of dress socks. And they can get up as high as much as some outfits. But, you know, just good quality socks, five, six bucks will, cha- will rock your world um, in that way. And you will skimp on, like, other things, but you're not skimping on, like, the quality of your socks. Because if they wear holes in them within a couple weeks, then, you know, it's not it's not necessarily worth it. How long will you hold on to a pair of socks, Rhino? Oh, until they are just too holy to be a useful sock anymore. Like if you there's will. a hole in the heel and my entire heel is touching the sole of my shoe, then it's time for that sock to go the way of the dodo. But you will hang on to it. Until then, yeah. Until then. So we start to see a little sunshine between the fibers and you're like, you still have good life left in you. Usually they wind up at the bottom of the pile, so there's a. When I get to the holy socks, I know it's getting close to laundry day. Mm-hmm. Jeff in Oxford said the military issued socks were itchy, scratchy, and poor elastic. Speaking of socks, one of the worst things, worst first world problems, let's be real, is when 
your shoe eats your sock and you can't like it keeps especially if you wear ankle socks or for ladies it's more of like the no-show socks but your kids will sometimes complain of it too because you're trying to get one more season or one more month or two and their socks are just technically too small or if you have a pair of shoes that just eat the back of your socks and so they come down and into your shoe and fall behind that is like the most aggravating thing ever to have a pair of socks that that does not it's like having on the wrong underwear it's very aggravating if you don't have on the right underwear for the outfit in which you've chosen your entire day is obnoxiously worse i think that's only a girl problem (laughs) that's not true that's not true some dude listening to good things wore the wrong underwear today you picked it it just didn't match with it didn't flow with the britches you have on and either your britches are too tight or your underwear just wasn't the right one and you thought about it all day i'm not doing this again i can confidently say every (laughs) single pair of underwear i own goes with every bit of every stitch of clothing i own (laughs) well you need more variety in your undergarments (laughs) 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 and with that We're going to switch it to the boys coming up next with Sports Talk. We'll be talking about their underwear, I'm pretty sure. Stick with us. Uh, Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.